When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. 40 seconds left. In behind the net it goes. Ekholm wraps it around, but it goes to Tolvanen. To the blue line for Dunn. Left wing to McCann. To Dunn is shot. That hit somebody in front of the net. It's in the slot. Oh, oh, what a stop by Skinner off of Everly. Puck back to the point. Dunn. Right wing to Tolvanen. To Dunn. Left wing to McCann. He'll shoot it. Blocked by D'Arnay. 11 seconds left. Tolvanen on the right wing. To the blue line to Dunn. A one-timer kicked out by Skinner. Puck into the left corner. Goes underneath D'Arnay. Now in behind the net. And the Oilers will hang on. A 2-1 victory over the Seattle Kraken. And... Well, what a finish to that game this afternoon in Seattle. Cam Moon nailing the call as the Edmonton Oilers hang on to beat the Seattle Kraken 2-1, largely behind outstanding goaltending from Stuart Skinner. In there, you heard a couple great saves. We'll have a couple more highlights throughout Heartland Ford overtime open line. Skinner's save the game presented by Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner with 24 saves on 25 shots as the Oilers have won three straight. Dreisaitl and Kulak had the goals for Edmonton. Tolvanen for Seattle, and that was kind of a funny one. Nurse blocking a pass with his glove. It hit both of Skinner's pads and then went in. So that's the only way you were beating him tonight. Let's go back to Seattle. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. Thank you. Chris, can you maybe take us through uh, your team's effort today, beginning with the man in net? Stewart was outstanding. Um, you know, I think uh, early on there's some mishaps with the pucks, um, missed passes, led to good scoring chances. Second period, I thought we played really well, didn't give up very much. And then third period, last 10 minutes, we were just holding on, especially on the penalty kill at the end of the game where Stewart's made some really big saves, especially the one with um, just a few seconds left with the blocker short side there. Um, Stewart played really well. As you guys were teetering back and forth in the win and loss column, uh, you guys were you know, in an effort to find your game a little bit. You guys have rattled off three consecutive victories. What's been the main turning point in that regard? Well, you look at the play of the skins the last three games. He's been outstanding. and uh, We've been tightening up a little bit defensively, but the biggest thing is uh, the goaltending has been outstanding, and we've been able to... He's been making big saves. Um, you know, the goal scoring hasn't been quite there that we would like. We've been a little... Um, you know, just haven't been able to find the Nez often, but uh, um, yeah, I think that'll come eventually. What would you say about when you arrive, you start to get to know players because you're now coaching them, and Vinny Deharnay's evolution, there you are um, trying to hold off the other team, they've got a power play, and he's, you know, he's on the ice, what kind of compliment is that to him and the kind of, you know, ability he's shown? I've been very impressed with him the entire time I've been here. I think, he, you know, he transports puck really well. I know there was probably, at the beginning, probably some um, jitters or a um, little nervousness with the puck. But he, overall, for his size, he was pretty good. Now he's really taken it up another level and been able to make so many plays and uh, transport the puck into the forwards. And then what I think has always been there, and he's been, you know, graduate from the American League into the NHL, is he's a really good defender. He's hard to play against. He takes up so much uh, space with his reach and his size. Um, and because of that size, he's able to break up plays. And also, he's, he's got a pretty good work ethic. He's, you know, he's blocking, stepping in in front of shots, uh, battling for loose pucks. Um, you know, it's nice to have. How about his defense partner, Brett Kulak, getting in the goal column? Yeah, it was nice. I thought Brett has been playing so well, so well last, um, you know, especially since the, the break. 
Um, you know, we've had our ups and downs throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the break, winning and lost games. But, um, you know, one guy I think that hasn't been up and down is uh, Brett. I think he's been playing so well and his game has been uh, pretty consistent and um, he's really helped us. When you guys are having a hard time breaking through, getting on the board, how much of a luxury is it to have Connor and Leon? You just know that they're they're going to break through at some point. Yeah, it's it's definitely a benefit of um, you know even when games not going so well, you know there's some teams that have that goal scorer, that player that can break the game open, just give them a little opportunity and they they'll uh, get on the scoreboard. And, you know we've got we've got a couple of them, and um, you know that was a big difference of the game time. All right, that's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a 2-1 win over the Seattle Kraken. So the Oilers go 4-0 against the Kraken this season. Skinner won all the games. He's 7-2 against Seattle in his career. Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon. It's 4.53 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, it was apparent early in this game that Stuart Skinner was on his game. I mean, the Oilers turned the puck over right in front of him to mm-hmm. Yanni Gord about a minute into the game. Everly had a great chance in tight about three and a half minutes into the game. Everly had a great chance in tight with 25 seconds left. And as I was saying, it was only really kind of a funny one that, that beat Skinner. And as we've seen with him, he's not one of those goaltenders uh, oh, he's he, he's active. When when there's tough chances, he's he's diving around. He's throwing out limbs at the last minute. He, he just looked really dialed in this afternoon. And, and you could see, I mean, teams always celebrate a win, but you could see he was getting little extra long hugs and high fives after the game today. Well, Stuart Skinner's more Jonathan Quick, less Marc-Andre Fleury. He's a, a positional goaltender, and, and he's big. Uh, when he's reading the play and following the play, He's hard to beat simply because he's already in the right spot, and it's a big man. And tonight, as we saw, he's out high uh, on top of his crease, so there's not a whole lot for the the opposition to see. And the Kraken tonight, in the first five, six minutes, they had all the good good scoring chances. Uh, the Oilers turned the puck over a few times. There were uh, two or three times the Kraken were left by themselves right in front of Skinner. And then obviously at the very end, uh, a couple big saves. He made a, a, a toe save on... Who is it? Number twenty. Oh, Tolvanen. Tolvanen, and then with 25 seconds to go, he makes uh, the save on Everly. And what was so hard about that play is we've seen tonight in the game, Leon Drysaddle's goal was scored when Grubauer's reading the play, and the puck's supposed to go from one side to the other. It gets deflected, and all of a sudden, because it's deflected, he's not prepared to where it goes to. And Leon has a wide open net. Well, on the goal that, or on the save that he made on Everly. He's playing the puck, and the puck's coming in. It actually hits D'Arnais in front of the net. So he's reading the play. The puck should be here. Instead, it goes back door to Eberle, yet he's still able to get over. So that's a pretty impressive save on Eberle because it was a broken play. Uh, he was the Oilers' best player. He was first star in the hockey game, and he should be. I thought the Oilers played... A, a good road game. I don't think they were the better team all night long. I think the Kraken probably deserved at least a point. But Stuart Skinner stole the extra point in this one as he was excellent in this hockey game from start to finish. And the only goal that was able to get by him was an own goal where it went off the glove uh, of Darnell Nurse. That's how good Skinner was tonight that the Kraken weren't able to put anything past him. It had to be an own goal. So Skinner had a, a little stretch that was rough after the All-Star break. The last three games, he has been excellent and a big reason the Oilers have won three straight. So 2-1, the Oilers take it this afternoon. So their record, 36-20-2. Seattle, the hill to the playoffs gets a little steeper for them. They drop to 26-23-11 and 11 on the season. Knobloch was asked about Vinny DeHarnay. Um, so, you know, just well, a little over a year now, he's been in the NHL. Uh, he's plus two today, plays 15-17. He's credited with six blocked shots, six of the Oilers' 21 blocked shots, credited to DeHarnay today, including the one, like you said, in the part of the flurry in the final minute of the game. And when you and I are sitting yep. here in the studio, and when they took the, the penalty, first thing I said to you, okay, 53 seconds left. Do you put Connor out because there's an empty net, and if there's a loose puck, he gets there and wins the game? And you said no. No, he's not a penalty you, you'd killer. Stick with your penalty kills. Well, the guy, the, the, you've got guys that penalty kill for a reason, and I think it would send a bad message to your team if you're saying, okay, you're our penalty killers. 
until it's important, then we're not right. going to put you on the ice. So, no, you have to stay with your penalty killers. I was a little surprised because it was Nuge and Yanmark. I was surprised simply for the fact that if Nuge gets kicked out of the faceoff circle, it's Yanmark that's taken it. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a non-centerman in there, and you're giving them an opportunity to win the faceoff. So I thought it would have been Ryan. But on the back end, you're the one that said, do you put Ekholm and DeHarnay out there? And they were both on the ice, and DeHarnay was a big part of that. Like, in all honesty, he's a monster. Like, when the puck's coming from the point, and this is what you love. And one of the most sought-after players at the trade deadline rate this year has been Chris Tanev mm-hmm. out of the Calgary Flames because of the way he plays. No. He will put his body on the line for anything. He blocked a shot this, this year with his face. Vinny D'Arnais, he is standing in front of the net as the Kraken defender is winding up for one-timer, and he is waiting. he's playing goal. And Skinner's behind him. Skinner can't see anything, but he doesn't have to. He's got the human and clips in front of him, and the puck comes in, D'Arnais takes it. And then at the very end of the game, as the Seattle now is in panic mode, trying to throw everything to the front of the net, D'Arnais laying on the ice. He's 600 on the ice. There's no way that puck is getting through him. Uh, he, he's just, there's a man that is understands what he needs to do and his willingness to do anything to win a hockey game is huge. And that is why in a one-goal game with a minute 20 to go in the game and you're shorthanded, the coach chose Vinny DeHarnay to put on the ice. Yeah, yeah, pretty uh, good moment uh, Good moment for him as well as the Oilers beat Seattle 2-1. A game in which, well, I, to me, Rob, it was interesting. The, the most energy the Oilers played with offensively was after Tolvin and scored with 6.37 left in, in the third. Uh, I, I don't think the Oilers were, were terrible today, nope. but I, I don't think they were at – and give Seattle credit too, but I, I don't think the Oilers um, you know, probably pushed the pace or sustained offensive zone time the way they would have liked overall. I agree. I don't, I don't think they carried the play for most parts of the game. And it was funny. You and I were sitting here watching, and all of a sudden Seattle makes it 2-1 on the, the, the weird goal. And then the next two or three shifts, we're like, okay, well, this is this is the best the Oilers have looked all night long. It's when Seattle should have had all momentum in the world. They just scored a goal. They pulled within one. They should be the desperate team. And the Oilers, with weird line combinations, mm-hmm. as there were, I mean, Leon was out there one shift with Derek Ryan, and Kane was now with Perry and McLeod. It's like all these weird line combinations came out, and the Oilers carried the play for three straight shifts. Until there was the, pa- the the penalty that Leon took, and that was an ill-advised penalty. Leon cannot do that. It's an easy call. Until that penalty was taken, Seattle got nothing. So, I mean, I guess the Oilers played their best at the most important time. Um, they got two points on, on the road, but I do believe that the Seattle Kraken probably feel that they deserved at least a point in this hockey game. I thought Seattle was excellent in this game too. And for the first time that I can remember, the Seattle Kraken got a great goaltending performance from their goalie, Grubauer, yeah. as he normally gets lit up. And uh, there's been a few games where he has not seen the end of the first period. So I thought both goaltenders were excellent in this hockey game. Skinner just a little bit better. 2-1. The Oilers take it. Uh, scoreless first period. Drysaddle his 30th in the second period from McDavid. McDavid's point streak now at 10 games. A goal. And 23 assists over that run. <laughs> the uh, Oilers' second goal came at uh, 8.02 of the period. Uh, Kulak's third from Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl. We, we thought it was Kulak's, and then uh, NHL.com originally gave it to uh, to Dreisaitl, his 31st, and then they uh, looked at it again, and it's Kulak from Nugent Hopkins and uh, Dreisaitl. Tolvanen from McCain, uh, McCann and Dunn uh, rounds it out today as uh, the Oilers get their third consecutive victory, so moving in the right direction again, and they're going to host Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Um, the, I mean, well, let's flash way back. It didn't cost them, but again, the start of the game for Edmonton yeah. was, for the first five or six minutes again, it was kind of like, wait, who are you passing to again? No, those? They weren't good, and again... I mean, I know that we may, we talk a lot about it and we we point out that the Oilers want to improve on it, but in all honesty, starts really aren't that important. I mean, <laughs> ask Carolina today. They're up 3 nothing in their game and lost 5-3. 3 nothing going into the third. Uh, if you're going to be a good team in one period, pick the third period. That's where it seems to make the most difference. 
the Oilers were sloppy to start the game. Seattle was not able to take advantage of it, and that's the one thing. If you get scoring chances, especially against the Oilers, a team that can score, you got to capitalize and execute, and they didn't. They had a, three or four good looks in the first six minutes and came out of it with Nada. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great start, uh, but it certainly was a nice finish, and uh, the Oilers, uh, with great goaltending and some timely goals, come away with a victory and now come home looking for their fourth straight. So the the dry settle penalty in the in the final minute, we've kind of wound up talking about him a bit over the last two uh, two weeks, just a little bit about uh, frustration or penalties or things like that. Certainly, that's that's not on the par he won. <laughs> no, <laughs> the one he took last Saturday against Calgary, where he's clearly just frustrated, irritated, yep. and and does something really silly in front of the referee. But that play, let me ask you about this first of all. So Seattle's pulled the goalie. Yep. Does Leon even need to chase the guy? It was McCann. Does he even need to chase him behind the net um, in that situation, or should he be coming around in front? I, in all honesty, I don't mind chasing him because at the Kraken were trying to get a line change in. And by chasing behind the net, he forced him out. I believe that was that on his backhand, but he forced him out. He did, yeah, I think yeah, he it was, was on his backhand. backhand. So now you're, you're forcing him to make a, a, a play quicker than you want. Like, they're trying to get everything set up. So I have no problem with that. And pester him. But as soon as you take your hand off your stick and put it on the player, that's apparently 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was it's apparently 100% of the time, and then it's apparently 200% of the time when it's an open net turnover. So, I mean, if the ref doesn't call that, you've Connor McDavid putting the puck into the empty net while you're, the Kraken player is laying on the ice. Uh, you would have had... It would have taken an hour to clear off all the stuff, the debris <laughs> off the ice. So... That is a penalty that Leon can't take. Uh, he shouldn't take. Uh, it, it could have been a costly penalty. And again, against the Seattle Kraken in game 60 of the season, eh, or whatever this game is, it's not going to kill you. But that's not a penalty you want to take against Vegas or L.A. or Colorado or Dallas in a playoff game because that could have uh, results that change a series. So... Uh, McCann, some will, they'll say he went down easy. Doesn't matter. Leon grabbed his arm. That's going to be called every single time. So it's uh, it did not come back to haunt the Oilers, but it's something that you certainly want to put in your memory bank of, hey, let's not do that again. Right. So once you're in sort of that trail position, like you're saying, just skate. Just skate. And you tap one side of his, pa- his pad, tap the other. So just keep pestering because, I mean, if you saw – Connor McDavid was coming on the ice. He's the one that picked up the puck. Right. Yep. So now Connor's coming at the guy full speed. I mean, he would have just panicked and threw the puck. And that's where turnovers, he can now throw it back down again. So uh, nothing wrong with chasing him out. Something wrong when you grab his arm and pull him to the ice. So not not a great play on that one for Leon that fortunately didn't come back and haunt the Oilers. Yeah, so the Oilers uh, survived that late power play by the Kraken, who went 1-for-3 with the man advantage. The Oilers 0-for-2 on their power plays. That update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll, they'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Yeah, just a, a f- furious uh, final minute there. And uh, Skinner coming up big. Vinny with the, the block shot. The Oilers actually, they, they did get it clear because Tolvanen got the one time right off the draw. Oh, Seattle, that's the play they wanted, right? It, it, he's got a great shot, and that was a fantastic toe save by Skinner. I mean, they got exactly where they wanted. It was right in the wheelhouse. Tolvanen got everything on it. Fantastic toe save. Not only did he save it, but he kicked it far enough that it went away from the front of the net, so there's no second shot. Because Skinner was so far out. If that puck lays there, it's going to be in the back of the net because there's there's nobody defending. But that was a great play. Yanmark gets the puck out. Give the Kraken credit. They got the puck back in quickly and got a couple other great A scoring chances. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a wild finish to this game as uh, the Oilers hang on to win it 2-1. Okay, you're going to hear from uh, Stuart Skinner, uh, a little more from Brett Kulak coming up as well. You can check in at 780-496-0063. That is our hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chan. Done. 
To the left wing corner off the stick of Beniers. It goes in behind the Oiler goal. Everly out to McKenna. What a save by Skinner. He holds on. Absolutely robbing Jared McCann. Well, that play should never happen. The Oilers a little sleepy defensively there. Cam Moon with the call, Bob Stoffer with the reaction as uh, Skinner just brilliant throughout the afternoon today. That was back to the first period. He makes it's it's interesting, Rob, because 24 doesn't sound like a, a big total. I mean, people didn't watch the game like, well, okay, they didn't give mm-hmm. up a lot of shots, but there there were some really good open looks. Seattle has some guys who can fire the puck. They do, and, and they got some. And there, it's funny uh, the number of the grade A chances that they had tonight. It was McCann. It was. Everly, it was Tolvan, and it's all of their best players. It wasn't like it was their fourth-line guys that were getting good looks. It was their best players that had the puck on their stick in the spots they want. The, it was in the third period where Everly made a nice play from behind the net, right out in front to McCann. That's, I mean, that's his bread and butter. This is a guy that yep. scored 40 last year. Uh, he looked up skyward after Skinner made the save. So uh, Skinner was excellent when he needed to be. And the Edmonton Oilers get the two points and feel good about themselves coming home to play a, a desperate Penguin team tomorrow. 2-1 win for the Oilers. So that's a 2-1, uh, pardon me, a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're filling the net with 100 bucks for Santa's every time the Oilers score. Back to Seattle, and here is the Oilers goalie, Stuart Skinner. Stu, I know you'd rather talk about your teammates first than your own performance. We'll get to that in a second. But Brett Kulak is obviously a heart and soul guy in this locker room, does all the right things, doesn't necessarily get in the goal column quite uh, quite often. But to see him score the game-winning goal in a big game like this, what does that mean to you? It's wonderful to see. Um, very proud of him. I'm, I mean, he, he just played that shift really well. Um, it was just a really smart play on his uh on his choices and uh, getting that shot off as quickly as he did, and it was a bullet. And I, uh, I know from practicing with him, he's got a, you know, it's a little bit undercover. It's not spoken as much, but he's uh, he's got a really nice shot. All right, how about your game? Uh, I mean, you were locked in right from the drop of the puck. <laughs> was this just one of these games where you're feeling it right from the start? Yeah, I, f- I uh, definitely felt good. Uh, felt good right uh, right off the bat. I mean, I got into the game pretty quickly with the. I think their first two chances were uh, pretty good ones, and when you stop both of them, you tend to feel a little bit better about the night so um, I think getting those kind of the first five ten minutes um, you know being able to make the saves that I was able to come up with was uh, you know brings up the confidence for sure going into the rest of the night as a goaltender and competitor do you almost prefer that being thrown right into the fire off the top or as opposed to easing your way into a game it really depends Um, (laughs) if you get thrown into the fire you get scored on right away it's not uh, it's probably not the same but um, if you do make those saves, it is a big difference. Uh, I also think it really helps out the team with, uh, you know, how they feel as well going into it. You're, you're busy at the start. You're obviously busy there the last minute. Can you kind of talk us through that last six on four sort of situation? A couple of big stops you made there. Yeah, um, yeah, I got uh, a little bit fortunate with uh, getting a little bit of time to get back to my feet, um, and then being able to get across on Eberle. I think that was uh, that was a really big moment for myself. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to, to Seattle tonight. I thought they came out hot, um, and they stayed that hot for pretty for the whole game. <laughs> so they, uh, you got to give them a lot of credit. Um, but yeah, really happy the way that we played, especially in the six on four. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to my demon blocking those types of shots that they did. I know I, I saw Vinny's back, and uh, it's uh, he's a warrior, to say the least. Well. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've talked a lot this season about DeHarnay blocking shots. If you missed it earlier, six blocked shots today. The Oilers had 21 blocked shots in the game. So DeHarnay doing a, doing a lot of shot blocking in 15-17 of ice time as the Oilers beat Seattle 2-1. It's funny, Skinner was asked, well, do you prefer getting work early or not? I mean, the goalie has such a big impact of the game, but he's he's at the whim of the game flow. I mean, yep. a forward can go out, okay, I'm going to, first guy I see with the I'm going to hit. Yep. Or I'm going to get across the blue line, I'm going to hammer a shot. I just want to get it to the net, and my line mates are going to go to the net. Uh, I mean, the goalie is so important, but he's, okay, wh- where's it going to come from? Where's the first shot coming from? How is, how is my team playing in front of me? What's the other team bringing tonight? And I'm, I've told this story before about asking Dubnik in training camp one year, like, well, you know, you'd you know, do you hope this is the year the team's a little tighter defensively in front of you? And he's like, Reed, 
if I get 50 shots or if I get 11, my job is to stop all of them. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of gotta just have that approach as a goalie. Well, well, you're right. Yeah, I mean, and you're there to clean up mistakes. Uh, you're... The players that are playing out, oh, the rest of the players on the team, they can create things and they, they can make things. They can beat guys. They can uh, do all these things on the ice. But when they mess up, now it becomes Skinner's problem. Right. <laughs> and it's funny when if Connor McDavid fails to get a puck in, no one says nothing. If Leon Dreisaitl, a uh, little slow on the back check, not really mentioned a whole lot. If Evan Bouchard uh, doesn't get his man or plays the angle improperly, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. But when Stuart Skinner, when one goes between his legs, oh my goodness, how could Skinner not stop that? He cost us a goal. Uh, a mistake by a goaltender is magnified because it is in the back of the net. But no one, we don't talk enough about the times he corrects mistakes because in this game, well, the, the, for example, the, it was the first or second shift of the game, Nugent Hopkins, puck on a stick, no one on him, tries making an outlet pass in his own zone, hits a crack in yeah. a player's foot, goes in front of the net. Now it's one-on-one. I, th- I believe it was Gord, he and Skinner. Skinner makes a save. Because Skinner made the save, we're talking about the good save and not talking about Nugent Hopkins not getting the puck out. So that's a goaltender cleaning up a mistake for a player. So uh, that's where you see the appreciation where Skinner talked about Dayarnay. There's a guy out there laying it on the line for us, blocking shots for me. That's how a defender, that's how a player can help your goalie out. And tonight Dayarnay did, and Skinner Many times tonight, cleaned up all their mistakes. Skinner, Drysaddle, Grubauer, the three stars tonight. Should we have Kulak and DeHarnay share the fourth star? Is they were fair. They were both excellent in this hockey game. The fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. That's the third goal of the season for Kulak, and just just snuck inside the post. And that's one really. I mean, it wasn't tipped by Drysaddle. They they looked at it, but he. Well, Vinny for sure. No, Kulak sometimes will try to slip it, step into a slapper. But when you're wristing it from the line, you're you're shooting for a tip. Well, yeah, you're shooting for a tip or a rebound, and that's one as as good as Grubauer was in this hockey game tonight. He needs to have that shot, that short side from distance without a tip. Now I know there may have been a little bit of a a screen in front of him, but no, the screen was out high. The, you should have been able to find that puck. Now it had to be the perfect shot to sneak through him. But in a game that's a one-goal hockey game, which tonight's was, one little mistake will cost you. And that was a little mistake. And at the end of the night, it was the game-winning goal. Good on Kulak, though. Yeah, it's simple. Get puck on net. You're, all you're trying to do there is miss the guy that's coming out to defend it. And he did, and it turned into a game-winning goal. 2-1, the Oilers take it. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Alex standing by. Good afternoon, Alex. Go ahead. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, just a few things. I counted, what, seven two-on-ones for the Oilers tonight? And uh, I guess they weren't pulling the trigger there. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I thought the Oilers could have been up more than 2 nothing at one point. I know Skinner played a great game. And uh, I got a question for you, though, guys. Uh, you know, I know the ebb and flows as a fan, you know, and I, I get on the air every now and then, and I, I, I tend to be a little negative at times. But, uh, uh you know, yeah, they've won three in a row. We look back about a week ago, they had lost three in a row. And, you know, and, um, but just want your, uh, what you're thinking going into the playoffs, that second pairing with, uh, with Nurse and CC. I mean, like, like tonight, even, you know, you got everyone's applauding Kulak and Dijardin. And so I wouldn't want to touch that as a third pairing. And obviously, you wouldn't want to touch, uh, Eichholm and, uh, and Bouchard, and of course, that's not going to happen. But that second pairing, it makes me a little nervous. I mean, time and time again, and uh, it just, I don't know what to think about that. And I'll leave you with, uh, if you want to comment on that. And uh, Yeah, sure. Great show. Always, always love your show. Thank you. Well, I think, first of all, uh, that pairing is going to, I mean, yes, Kulak and Dayarnay have been pretty solid. Generally, Nurse and CC are getting, playing but, against tougher yes. competition. Nurse and CeCe get usually get the other team's best players. Uh, Dayarnay and Kulak normally go out against the other team's third and or fourth liners. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have, uh, they should have more success because instead of play, playing against the McKinnons and Rantanens, they're playing against the Coglianos and I don't even know who their fourth line guy is. Uh, Johansson. Yeah, whoever. But yeah. but yeah, so they're not playing against the same type caliber of players. I mean... 
Both CC and Nurse are plus on the season. CC's plus eight on the year, playing against almost exclusively against the other team's best players. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think that the if the Oilers do not make a move at all, and this is the defense they go into the playoffs with, I believe they can win a Stanley Cup with this defense. I do think they need, as a team, to find more experience as a, a, a depth defenseman. I don't know if it's a guy that's going to play in the lineup or simply a guy that's going to be their seventh defenseman. I don't want to go in the def- into the playoffs with uh, Philip Broberg is your next up. Right. Simply because he's played the whole year in the minors. Uh, we What is he as an NHL player? We don't know because the Oilers have been so healthy at this level that they haven't seen what he can do. I want an experienced defenseman who's been through a playoff before or two. Maybe he's got about seven, 800 NHL games. And a guy that if someone gets hurt, he can slide in there and it's not going. the game's not going to be too big for him. Mm-hmm. But as far as Nurse and CeCe, do I feel confident with them as a – second or first or whatever pairing you want to call them yes i do yeah uh i, I think nurse and cc had some off games yep 100 for yep. sure like no there's no doubt about that um i mean the goal today went off nurse but i mean that's that's not guys his go down to block passes like that all if the time. it doesn't hit nurse's hand it's going back door and the guy's got a wide open net so it was still been a goal right um i just think you know, again, there are better play players than Cody Cece, for sure. Yeah, like, 100% he seems to get brought up a lot. There are also a lot of worse defensemen <laughs> than Cody Cece, so sometimes I feel like, well, you want to trade him, you want to trade him. Okay, well, be careful what you wish for. Uh, you know, Edmonton's name is coming up more out of Washington, which appeals to me more than it did a couple of years ago when they were talking about him for a top four role with, Edmonton, with a bad you're talking back. about, correct? Who did I say? You just said out of Washington. Oh, you Edmonton, name sorry. Edmonton, yes. yeah. Edmonton. Well, Rod Langway. Uh, he'd be a good pickup. He'd be, he'd be good he's, pick he's a little slower now than he used but, to be. But yeah, I I I think that you you might you want to. I, I we talk about this a million times. The the next guy up, if Broberg's not even fully healthy, is well. That's another who's thing hardly too. Played in the NHL, right? Yeah. So uh, to me, I just I want experience because if if the Oilers are going with the six that they have. If there's an injury in the playoffs, the first time that that player might play might be game two of the third series. Whatever, yeah. So I, is that where you want Philip Broberg to play his first NHL game since October? Game three or game two of the third series of the National Hockey League playoffs? No, that's why I'd like an Edmondson or we've talked a lot about a Luke Shen. Someone that's been around where will not be nervous about a game situation because they more or less have seen everything throughout their careers. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Just is steady. Just yes. knows knows what the drill is when you get into the postseason as well. Uh, yeah, but it could be a fun fun week. I mean, I'm sure the Oilers will do something. I think. I mean, if you're Ken Hall, like he has said in in interviews, now you know the players have done their part. Now this is this is my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my part of the season where I got to do something. Last year's deadline. Was pretty good. Was yep. that cool? <laughs> it worked you out know, well. Pe- people are probably looking at the summer and saying Connor Brown. Okay, that's <laughs> that's. Well, but it's fun. The thing about the Connor Brown one, it was applauded in the summer when it oh, happened. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's just everyone thought, oh, this is this is going to be awesome. We got a top six guy right now. If the Oilers do pick up depth players, he might not be, and probably won't be, in your lineup. Uh, for game 83 of the season. Oh, that's a good point, depending on the type of player they, they pick up. Yeah. Well, it actually doesn't even matter who they pick up, which type, because they pick up a second liner, there's a trickle-down effect. So all of a sudden, Perry or Fogel or McLeod will trickle down, and eventually someone's got to find their way out of the lineup. So, Well, is if they get a center goal, does Ryan come out? <sighs> Ryan can play wing. It all depends. Who do you like better as a penalty killer, Ryan or Brown is what it's going to come down to. And the penalty-killing prowess of a potential new guy. Yes. Yeah. And and face-offs. Uh, I mean, the one thing is having that special ability, and Derek Ryan is a right-handed guy that wins face-offs. I guess if they get a right-handed face-off guy, then that kind of makes Derek Ryan's job a little tougher to find his way into the lineup. But it, it it's going to be fun. We're less than a week now. And again, I say this as I, I talked earlier with Bob. We, we treat this as hockey cards. We're going to see, hey, where can we fit this guy and that guy? And I can't wait to make a trade. It also is guys' livelihoods and families and stuff like that. So it's a lot tougher for players, no matter if you're a star player or if you're a, a fringe player. Whatever happens in the next week will affect you. 
Oilers win 2-1 in Seattle, their third consecutive victory. We have Ryder on the line. I believe, Ryder, are you calling from Australia? Yeah. Yeah, you've called us before. How are you doing? We, we met Ryder. Right? Was it Ryder? The, weren't you at our, a Rogers Arena this year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to talk. He to He gave you. us the little, the little oh, the uh, koalas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still got that. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. What you got going tonight, buddy? Mm, uh, about the game, like all Russell was being very aggressive and very mad this game, and well, well, that's true, and it's kind of funny that how, how old are you again, Ryder? Uh, 12. So we got a 12-year-old in, in in Australia that has noticed that there's some frustration and anger in Leon's game too. Yes, I think you're absolutely right, and he did display it a little bit. Uh, what do you think about Stuart Skinner tonight? Oh, I think in the second half he had a good save. It was an open net, but he somehow managed to get there and block it with his blocker. Yeah, that's, I believe that's the one on Jordan Eberle, 100%. That may have saved the game for the team. And do you think the Oilers should make some trades before the trade deadline this week? Yeah. And what kind of player do they need? A forward, a, a defenseman? Uh, maybe a defenseman. Yeah, oh, that's, okay. a, that's good. Well, Ryder, yeah. that what is else, really good. What else you got for us, Ryder? David, when he passed the assist to Leon Drassel, when he got knocked down and tripped up with his feet. Yeah, a little. Did you hold your breath there? A little worried that Connor might not be getting up very quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of people at Edmonton holding their breath there, 100%. <laughs> Ryder, thanks. Thanks for calling, man. It's always good to hear from you. What time is it there again? Uh, is it 11 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. I love that, the time change. Okay. It's 11 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. That's Ryder checking in on the uh, Certainty Hotline from Australia. Good stuff. Oilers beat Seattle 2-1. Skinner, very good. 24 saves. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Jed.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll get to Mitchell as well. You're going to hear from Brett Kulak as we roll along too. But Mitchell on the 13th Hotline. Go ahead, sir. Hi, how are you guys doing? Quite well. Uh, listen, I'm not going to uh, bring up a uh, uh, trade for Lindgren, especially given today's uh, effort uh, by Skinner, uh, although some fans here are kind of wondering uh, or have been wondering uh, before last night's uh, comeback by the Caps uh, whether Mantha or Dowd might be of interest. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're our buddy in D.C. just to give everybody perspective right, here. Right, yeah, right, right. They didn't right. hear you last time. Uh, yeah. uh, you guys are real savvy, and uh, this probably isn't a question that you're particularly interested in, but I, I'm just curious as to uh, what your sense is as uh, to Kuznetsov uh, uh, being waived uh, right after coming out of the uh, Players Assistance Program today. Oh, um, yeah. I did not. Honestly, uh, I did not know that. I, I guess surprised. I, I really just quickly read about it as I was getting ready today. So, oh, I didn't know about it. Yeah. This is the first I've heard about. It and I, I'd, I'd be more than surprised. I'm shocked. Did the Caps say anything more about that, Mitchell? Why they did it? Well, uh, obviously, uh, there have been efforts to uh, uh, get him somewhere else over uh, multiple seasons. Uh, uh, you know, he's expressed desire to leave, and uh, um, they said, uh, well, you know, this isn't what uh uh what uh he or his agent maybe wanted but we needed to do this uh however the gm said well uh if he clears you know we're definitely sending him down to hershey uh i i i just don't see with his uh, salary his cap you know anyone anyone picking him up um 
And uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe there was some uh, agreement uh, set up that he's going to, you know, uh, it was arranged that he's, you know, he wants to go to the KHL. Right. Um, but, you know, he's he's really had a pretty disastrous year, and uh, things have, have fallen off over the course of a number of years. And whatever the reason he went into the uh, program, you know, uh, that, of course, you don't know uh, for sure. But uh, it, it really is... Uh, pretty startling yeah, 7.8 million dollar cap hit year left after this one so yeah i don't think anybody and like you said mitchell pre what does he have like only 17 points or something like that yeah yeah something, well, something yeah. like yeah, that i mean no one's gonna pick him up at almost eight million dollars for a player that's having an off year yeah and with term left but yeah i, I am well i just found out from you and i'm shocked that <laughs> that he's no longer uh, part of that organized, well, part of that team. So, especially coming back, it would be think. I'm sure there was some hard times, him leaving. Right. That. Uh, huh. Wow. Yeah. Though, yeah. no, but thanks for bringing up that story. But we'll follow that for sure. Mitchell, thanks for calling from from DC. We appreciate that you're tuning in as the Oilers have beaten Seattle two one. Uh, you can get in touch seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. More Heartland Ford overtime open line after the news and weather. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Dry saddle recovers. Left side, top of the circle. Into the corner to Nugent Hopkins. Now to Kulak. His shot. Scores! Kulak let it go. Dry saddle is in front of the and it's 2-0 Edmonton. All right, that would turn out to be the game winner. Kulak, his third of the season, 8-0-2 into the third period. Seattle would reply about five and a half minutes later, but the Oilers beat the Kraken 2-1 for their third straight win. And here is Brett Kulak. Brett, let's maybe talk about uh, the big goal you scored, obviously the GWG today. Uh, just to contribute offensively in a game like this, tightly contested game, what does that mean? Yeah, it always feels good contributing that way. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but when you see one go, go in, it feels good, especially, like you say, it was a tight game. It was close. There wasn't too many goals happening and uh, proved to be a big one. So, yeah, it was exciting. It feels good. How big of a role did your goaltender play in today's victory right from the drop of the puck? He looked dialed in. Yeah, he was, he was great. He, you know, the first period we were giving up a lot. We, we gave up more chances than we'd like to all game, but uh, Stu played really well. He's been he's been great for us all season, and it's nice to see that from him. And uh, just gives confidence to the whole group. And yeah, he's he's a big part of the team. What do you make of your team's ability to win hockey games in different fashions right now? Uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see. You're just finding a way to get the job done. And uh, what I like is you know when things aren't going our way, like we've had so many comeback wins, and we're just down down a couple goals it's no problem and, and we're believing in each other and just playing our game and uh and yeah we're getting results so that's nice to see they initially credited your goal to leon did you know right away that it had it was off your stick uh yeah i know he kind of skated through th- through the the seam or whatever there i wasn't sure if he got a stick on it or not but yeah my, i was just trying to get it there quick and then uh to see it go in it, it felt good but I, I couldn't tell if he tipped it or not but did he say anything in the in the scrum there in the no, group? <laughs> he he was acting like he didn't touch it, so that kind of made me feel like it was mine. So, so what's yeah. it like to see a teammate, Leon? Not that he would take credit for something he hadn't done, but he really pointed to you, like he really wanted to make it clear yeah. to to you and and maybe the officials that yeah. that's not mine, that that's his goal. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just he's happy to see the puck go in, whether it's off his stick or off a teammate's, and. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is, and yeah, I don't think he's he's out there sneaking around looking at the video after making sure it wasn't his or something. So, um, no, it's good whether it's his or mine. It, it, no matter what, to get the the game winning goal go in, it's it's nice. That's pretty good shift by you because you uh, interrupted a pass that was when Stuart Skinner was down. You blocked that pass, and then up the ice you guys go and you score. Was that hockey kind of giving you yeah. good karma a little bit? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was it was an up and down game all, all day. So. Uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to get kind of on a 1 o'clock game. But uh, everyone was skating. It was it was back and forth. It was, it was a pretty exciting game. All right, that's Brett Kulak as the Oilers beat Seattle 2-1. So Drysaddle gets a goal and an assist. Kulak with the goal. McDavid had an assist. Nugent Hopkins had an assist. So it is under winning today. Set the line for River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at 3.5. Combined points by McDavid and Hyman. It's way under. 
It's only one. So Shauna gets the $50 River Cree Resort Casino gift card. Rob, I know you were taking the over. I take over every time. <laughs> I don't win all the time, but I take over. I want to see goals. I want to see a 10-7 game. I know Chris Knobloch wouldn't like to see that, neither would Stuart Skinner, but they are fun to watch. <laughs> all right, we'll go to Fred on the Certainty Hotline. Fred, go ahead. You know what I'm finding with the Oilers? Years past, uh, they didn't play this mature game, and there's no panic right now. Like, it's great to see. And, yeah, um, we're in second place in the Pacific Division. Who would have thunk that a couple months ago? Well, that's a good point. They did pass Vegas. Now, Vegas does play. They think they're playing already. Uh, they're losing to Buffalo one nothing. But, yes, they're, they're second place in the Pacific Um you know, you got to make the playoffs. As we've seen, the seeding doesn't always no, see, matter, but, it, but you got to get in. Yeah. And it's, it's. I mean, I think game seven, the home team has a 60-40 advantage percentage-wise. But that that is a good point. And I, I said earlier in the season, Rob, you know, the Oilers made the coaching change and then they, you know, were starting to do a little better. And I was saying on my show and with you that it still might not be March until the Oilers are in a playoff spot. And if you look at it, I mean, they they won 16 games in a row. If they had gone 12 and four instead of 16 and 0, they'd be four points out of a playoff spot today. Yeah. Now I guess it might depend who you beat, but so that's that's what a hole they were in after that start and how uh, how much they needed a, a you know a historic winning streak but I, I think Fred's point is is well taken from where they were and what did Bob say they were 20 points behind Vegas uh, in the middle at, of at December one, at one point so yeah. you know well, how they caught up to LA and passed them so. well this is the, the thing about an NHL season it's 82 games for a reason um, every team has got streaks what were the others two nine and one I, I would hazard. And then a, they beat Seattle. So they yeah. three nine and one. Yeah, but at two, two nine and one was the yeah. whole point. So at two nine and one, I, I hazard a guess that L.A. and Vegas and Winnipeg and Colorado have all had runs like that too this year. They just did it in the middle of the season. It gets, uh, it's not as spotlighted when they do it. Uh, the one thing that the Oilers have had a huge advantage over, probably every team in the National Hockey League, is health. Right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, they've played without Eichel and, and Stone, their two best forwards. Stone is out for the rest of the regular season. If he even comes back for the playoffs, he's out with a lacerated spleen. They played without Theodore. They played without Martinez. They played without Aiden Hill. The Kings right now got no Kempe. They got no Mikey Anderson, no Arvidsson. So all of these teams uh, that got good starts to the season have all run into injury problems. The Oilers have been healthy the entire year, which is... Uh, both a blessing and, to me, a worry, just because the National Hockey League is a physical sport and every team runs into injuries and the Oilers haven't had their run yet, and you just hope that it doesn't come at uh, an inopportune time. But the Oilers have played good hockey. They deserve to be where they are in the standings. I said, I don't know, about a month and a half ago that the Oilers, I believe, could be hosting game one of the playoffs. I thought that they could catch second in the, in the division. Uh, Vancouver would be much tougher to catch. Even as much as they've struggled as of late, the Oilers are still, I think, 10 points behind them. But the Oilers, uh, I do believe, will post game one, and they will be coming in as a second seed. And right now it's a matter of is it going to be Vegas or is it going to be L.A. that they play in that first round. But uh, the Oilers are playing well and deserve to be in the spot they're in right now. 2-1 win over Seattle. Today we have Harry on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hi, Harry. Go ahead. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I've been listening to 6.30 Ched for 10 years and following the Oilers for about 11 since I met my partner in um, Cold Lake. But I just wanted to bring up, um, every time there's trade talks, Cody CC is always in the talk, like in the mix of it. And I don't understand why, because he's not really a projected first-line defenseman. He's been put in that position, and he gets, I guess... He's overstated in his position as a defenseman. He wasn't, you know, asked to be put, like when he got traded to Edmonton, asked to be put in the first-line position. So what do you think with that? Well, the, the, the reason that his name comes up is a lot of it is, is salary. The Oilers want to add 
into their lineup, and they would love to, have, as, as they say, big game hunting. If you're getting big game, if you're getting a big name in the National Hockey League, you're, you're getting money. You have to, uh, the players you're bringing in are going to make good money. So the Oilers would have to get money out. And when you start looking, every Oiler player, I think over $5 million, has a no trade contra- in his contracts. So you can't trade any of those players. So then you start, where's the next numbers? And usually it's CC and Fogel that you talk about because they have... Uh, 3.25 for CC, Fogel's 2.75. So right there, that's close to $6 million between those two players. So uh, Gensel, I believe, is a $6 billion player. If you bring in him, where's the $6 million that's going out? Well, CC and... And Fogel. Um, I don't know if they will be shipped out. I think CeCe, uh, who's had a couple of rough outings, has been good for the most part in his entire tenure here in Edmonton. But as you said, he's probably playing above where they expected him. I'm not sure that they thought he was going to be their first pairing defenseman playing the other team's top players. Um, but if you trade a CeCe to get a very good forward... I believe at that point you're two defensemen short. Mm-hmm. So now you got to go find a way to create cap space to bring in two other defensemen. Yeah, it's I mean, and as for people who listen regularly, it sounds like Harry has been. People know Robin. It's it's too bad we're kind of the same this way. You you and I don't like Rentals? multiple trade. Well, we don't oh. like multiple trade rumors. No, but this time right. of year we talk about it more. But. I've noticed, well, not just as a host, being a sports fan my, my entire life, fans of a team say, okay, we got to trade, and we don't want to trade him. Like, let's trade our eighth or ninth best player because <laughs> we don't want to trade any of our really good guys, so nobody will want our worst. So what if we trade, like, our eighth best player? But we want we a get, really good guy but coming But we got to get another team's fifth base best <laughs> player. <laughs> but that's, I think that's part of the reason CC. I mean, to me, he's still... I know he plays with Nurse. Nurse usually plays more, though. today. Well, today Nurse played about a minute more. Sometimes it's different. But to me, CeCe's their fourth-best defenseman. Yep. Because Nurse and Ekholm are up there. Bouchard is certainly is an offensive specialist. 100%. And, and, and runs, runs the power play. Uh, and then Kulak and Dayarnay, I think, have been a pretty good third pair. But, yeah, I mean, as we, as we know, no one's untradeable. Uh, well, well, on the Oilers, maybe one or two. Yeah, I, I don't. There's a couple guys that would get traded. But um, and the thing is, too, Rob, if it, hypothetically, if you traded CC or full, so let's just say $3 million to round off. Yep. So they, because they make just on either side of it. So you're getting a $6 million player. Well, you're, you're, the Oilers would be giving, hypothetically, one of those guys and a pick and or a prospect for the salary retention and that player, right? So you could trade three million for three million because the other team's going to retain the three million. So that's that's you're why that's why those rounder, two yes. guys get mentioned because it's like, well, they're not our best player. Like they're pretty good. But you know what? So someone would want them, but they're they're in the they make enough money that it makes sense, and they're in a tier of players that players would want because there's other players on the Oilers. They're depth players. Teams aren't trading for the Oilers' depth players because you know what? Those other teams already have depth. Right. Players. Like it, like so. We, like yeah, I think everybody loves DeHarnay, but you're not offering up DeHarnay in a deal to <laughs> improve well, your team for a cup run, right? And, no, and he makes eight hundred thousand. And he so, makes eight hundred thousand. So you're not you, now. You got to find a lot more money to get yeah, in, a, in a role that's worth eight hundred thousand. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's although this summer I believe his con- is his contract up. He's actually a UFA, yeah, because yeah. he's older, right? So, so. he's he's going to earn whether it's here in Edmonton. Or somewhere else, he's going to earn a nice raise. Day oh, relative day. to what he's made, well, yeah, sure, so, yeah, he'll get a he'll, he'll be get up a to boost for close sure. to close to two million dollars. I mean, I think that's what wasn't Matt Benning? Didn't he go and get somewhere close to? He was one and a half to two or something like that because he got. Oh, what, when he went to the Predators, yeah, I can't remember. Can't remember yeah. either. But Dayarnay is he's making a name about for himself around the National Hockey League. Uh, the Oilers they might have to get into a bidding war for for Vinny Dayarnay uh, as he goes into his unrestricted free agents. Oilers beat Seattle 2-1 this afternoon. We'll update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Rangers lead the Maple Leafs 1-0. Lafreniere has his 18th of the season, 5:09 left in the first. Late first period, Canadians with a 2-0 edge in Tampa Bay. Flyers 
leading the Senators 1-0. Meanwhile, after one, Jeff Skinner has his 20th. Sabres 1, Vegas nothing. After two, St. Louis with a 2-1 edge on the Wild and the Predators with a 2-1 lead against the Avalanche. Finals from this afternoon, the Jets five goals in the third period to erase a 3-0 deficit. They beat the Hurricanes 5-3 and the Panthers, who I think right now are the best team in the NHL, beat Detroit for nothing. I agree. They're playing very, very well, and they're getting. They are a team that can score. They can defend. They got great goaltending. They got toughness, and they got scoring up and down their lineup. That is a very good hockey club. Uh, they've won four in a row, and yeah, they are the only team in the league above a 700 points percentage. They're up to 705. We got a breakaway here for the Rangers. And it is stopped. That's Jimmy VC. That's VC. That's VC. And I used to play with his father. And I remember when that kid was just a little baby in the in the wise room. I used to used to come down to our dressing room and play hockey in the dressing room. He's a little bit bigger now, playing in the National yeah, Hockey he, League. Isn't he six three or six four? He's a big dude. His dad was a big big man. His dad. This is. I played in the minors, and we had a guy named Keith Redman on our team who was. Pretty good hockey player, but the coach didn't care for much. VC 6-2. Yeah, so this Keith Redman was playing and didn't get a shift the entire game. With a minute to go in the game, we got a too many men on the ice penalty. They sent Redman over to serve the penalty, even though he hadn't had a shift the whole game. Redman wasn't happy. He and the ref, he and the coach had words as they were leaving the ice and got into a fist fight in the Zamboni area, like literally toe to toe. And Jimmy VC went to break it up, blew his shoulder out, breaking up the fight, never played again. The dad. The dad. This Jimmy VC's dad. Was the dad Jimmy too? I believe that, yeah, the dad was Jimmy because this is Jimmy Jr. Okay. So he used to be in the dressing room all the time. But yeah, so his dad blew his shoulder out, breaking up a fight between, and Redmond was about a six foot two. Like he was a big man. And I think it was Robbie Laird was the coach. And they were going at it. Yeah. There's yeah, Jimmy VC. He was. He probably played with him at the Phoenix Roadrunners. Oh, nice. He was an unbelievable guy. I believe he's Boston, big, thick accent. Yeah, from Mass. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Oilers beat Seattle 2-1, uh, 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in before we go, it's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. 40 seconds left. In behind the net it goes. Ekholm wraps it around, but it goes to Tolvanen. To the blue line for Dunn. Left wing to McCann. To Dunn is shot. That hits somebody in front of the net. It's in the slot. Oh, oh what a stop by Skinner off of Everly. Puck back to the point. Dunn. Right wing to Tolvanen. To Dunn. Left wing to McCann. He'll shoot it. Blocked by Dearnay. 11 seconds left. Tolvanen on the right wing. To the blue line to Dunn. A one-timer kicked out by Skinner. Puck into the left corner goes underneath Dearnay now in behind the net and the Oilers will hang on a 2-1 victory over the Seattle Kraken and how about Stewart Skinner amazing in the last minute of play stole a game for Edmonton tense finish excellent description by Cam <laughs> Moody he was pulling me in like I hadn't heard it before or watched it uh, so or the Oilers beat Seattle 2-1. Skinner, outstanding, 24 saves. Uh, so Seattle had a 6-on-4 for the final 53 seconds because Dreisaitl had a holding penalty, and Skinner was solid. DeHarnay, solid. And another thing about DeHarnay, with about five seconds left, the puck's underneath him. Yep. And he's just, okay, I'm going to lie on the puck mm-hmm. because if they, gi- if they give me a delay of game penalty, it don't matter. there'll be a second left. Yeah. And so it's six on three, but we just tie well, the Well, he'll truck. flail a or little bit, pretend. But talk yes. about the pain of blocking the shots. I mean, Seattle doesn't care what they're hacking at, whether it's the puck or Vinny's <laughs> body at that point, right? They're trying He's to fortunate it, it, was, yeah. it was Jordan and, uh, and Yamamoto or someone down there. They weren't going to take liberties on him. But uh, Vinny Deherney, he understands his role, and he plays it very, very well. All right, Penguins tomorrow, Rob. Uh, a couple people have said to me this week, "How many more times do we do we see Sid come through Edmonton?" Well, you know, it's uh, at least once. At least once. At least tomorrow, and then you know we'll see after that. But uh, but still, it's uh, Pittsburgh's not having a great year. The Oilers, by the way, have beat them quite Handily. badly a yep. few times in uh, in recent seasons. They have. Uh, the Penguins are not the same team they were. Uh, they were trying to have one last hurrah 
with with Sydney and and Malkin and Latang. They went out and made the big deal for Carlson. I do remember a lot of people last year in Edmonton saying the Oilers got to get Carlson. That is a must do at the trade deadline. Well, it hasn't turned out well for for the Penguins. Carlson not having the season they expected, but. It is always fun to see Sid the Kid when he comes to town. One of the greatest in the history of the National Hockey League. Good Canadian kid. Uh, look forward to a fun game because there are still some superstars on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh at Calgary tonight. And then tomorrow, our game broadcast here on 630 Chet, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. 530 face-off show, game at 7. The Oilers take a three-game winning streak into that one against Pittsburgh. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Dreisaitl and Kulak score. Skinner makes the saves. 2-1 win over Seattle. Have a good night.